0: The hey. man. Nerds Batman. <laughs> oh, my glasses hey. are broken. The yeah. My pocket is protected. I am <laughs> <you.
1: laughs> <I'm laughs> a super nerd. You know the <laughs> <you. Tiff> <laughs>
2: hey, Excelsior. 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 Excelsior!
1: I am a super nerd. The Nerd School Podcast,
3: starring
1: andy i uh, am a former um, entertainment journalist i am a super nerd tbj
2: hi this is Tipping. you may hear me be referred to as tbj
3: tbj y'all
2: i am what i like to call a surprise nerd
3: art star my name is art star and i am an artist yo 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 my name is joe and i am the nerd student the nerd pupil if you will we're back in nerd school and I am learning about Iron Man two from my nerd tutors. Thanks guys for being back here. Thanks for coming back. Would that you're awesome. welcome. Would that
0: make would that make us like neuters? No. No
2: and no. I'm gonna go ahead and make that. Yeah, no.
0: Tiffany's
3: not going for it. Not even she <laughs> shut you down before you almost before you finish saying.
2: Yeah. <laughs> okay. I so knew let's. That was going and it
1: was in that <laughs> she already saw. It. She already
3: saw it. And That's what people tune in for. It's the Tiffany shutting art down. Uh, okay. So let's jump right into Iron Man Two. Got a lot to talk about. Um, this was directed by Happy Hogan, right?
1: Yeah. Right. John Favreau. John
3: Favreau. Uh, which I didn't realize that till I just looked up to see who did it. I didn't know he directed it and was Happy Hogan. Um, yeah,
1: he he directed the first Iron Man as well.
3: Oh, no, we probably talked about that. <laughs> we probably talked about that, <laughs> and I've already forgotten it. Um,
1: uh, all right, so uh, nerd school is really going to stick with you, isn't I it? I guess I'm going <laughs> to fail
3: my nerd SATs.
2: Yeah, it's okay to review and be reminded that's how you pass the test. Okay, yeah, maybe. That's true. That,
3: that sounds vaguely familiar. Anyway, I, I seemed really surprised when I looked that up. So um, Now, John Favreau, what do we... Now, has he done... Did he do any more other than the first two Iron Mans? Uh,
1: no, I think Iron Man 2 was his last one because he wasn't a big fan of sequels. Uh, you know, he used to, he directed Swingers back in the day. That's when he got real big. It uh, went Vince Vaughn. And uh, he's... But yeah, this is the last one he directed, but I think he's had some input and been in, like, producers or executive producers. I think he, you know, it produced the third one. Uh, and, you know, he's he was in Endgame. He was in... I, th- I think he's consulted on a lot of these projects, is, especially if they involve Iron Man.
3: So is he a big nerd <clears throat> nerd, like icon? Like, does he go to like conventions and stuff and do? Oh my God, that's John Favreau. That kind of guy is like an icon.
1: Uh, at this point, probably yeah, but because um, <clears throat> he's been in so many of those Marvel movies. <clears throat> Excuse me,
3: Tiffany. If you were dressed uh, up as Harry Potter and you were at a comic con and you saw John Favreau walk by, would you a recognize him? And two, would you care?
2: <laughs> Not right off the bat. And I really don't fangirl over um, anyone in person. I like to keep my composure okay. wherever I am. That's just part of me. It's part cool. of my hard shell. It's part of my hard shell.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of embarrassing. Uh, one of the things about conventions is just... Uh, especially, I've been to a lot of them, uh, and a lot of them in a professional capacity. And it always just feels a little weird uh the fan part of it the uh, i don't understand why anyone would want anyone's autograph i've never comprehended that the, he's signed I'll, something
2: i'll get an autograph but it really depends on like i'm never pressed for that it depends on how long the line is am i dying to have it and it's got to be on something that's a memorabilia piece right like i don't want your autograph on a napkin damn a napkin What what am I going to do with that? I don't get the people who like get their body signed, like their arms, their forehead. Like, what are you about to do with that? Unless you're about to get a tattoo, (laughs) what is the point? And please don't get a tattoo of someone's name signed on you that is not related to you or has no um, meaning to where you go in life. So that part I'm not big on. But if it's something like, oh, I have this first edition or something and I would love to get this person to sign it. Maybe I'll wait, but I'm also really lazy with lines.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I'd say, like, I what, what's the only, the only point is to sell it, right? To say, oh, I'm going to sell this copy of whatever signed, or to brag about it.
1: Or like, I, hey, at least buddy, with a uh,
0: so copy. It I up, think right? if you get something signed and sell it, you're a loser. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. That's that just, to me, that's just, you am you're a loser. I, get yeah, a it's,
1: I think a lot of it is especially at a comic con is to get uh, to get an artist's signature on a really cool uh, like make, have him sketch you something personally right. that makes right. more sense to me because you, you can get in line for an artist and say hey can you draw me a picture of Black Panther beating up Batman or something like that um, and they'll do that and they'll sign it and then you can frame it in your home and have a big uh, cool nerdy wouldn't, art piece. Wouldn't that take him like 20 minutes to draw that? Uh, it depends. It fast. Depends on what uh, kind some, of art,
0: art Yeah,
1: art. some people can sketch it real fast depending on what kind of thing there are. But also you can commission somebody and pay them some money and say, hey, I'll I'll give you these if you can get me a cool picture of Black Panther beating up Batman by the end of the convention and I'll come pick it up on Sunday and, uh, and yeah, and it'll the, be great. Wait, then you, you also
0: got to realize that some of these artists, because they've drawn these characters so many times, you know... Like even like like let's say if if I've drawn something a lot of times, it takes me two seconds to sketch that same thing out again because you have that muscle memory. So like, hey, oh, like the Spider-Man head, boom, boom. Now you go, boom. There you go, boom. You know, I'm just <laughs> banging them out. You know, yeah. it's, it doesn't take. I'm, I'm now gonna sit there and say, oh, can you put him in this pose, making Then yeah, it'll probably take a little a little while, but you know, some of these are, if they've drawn them so many times, it's, it's nothing to draw a quick you know sketch of Batman or.
1: Whatever you
0: know, mm-hmm. art as, well,
3: right. Art as the artist, what, uh, what character can you draw the quickest? That it was good quality.
0: I don't know. Like when I was younger, I could draw. I used to draw He Man really fast oh, because He-Man's I love He Man. I've been watching yeah, old yeah. He
3: Man cartoons on YouTube lately.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I've been, yeah. I, I, I hate that the new Adventures of He Man one. Yeah. Have you ever watched those? There's games? there's a
3: new one coming out by uh, 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 Silent Bob is producing a new He-Man on Netflix. Oh, okay. Really? Yeah. Not Silent Bob. Whoever play uh, what's the guy who plays Silent Kevin, Bob? Kevin Kevin Smith. Smith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's I why. Knew who you were talking about? You knew who I meant. So one. I was rewatching the old ones because I guess it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna ignore those new ones that were done and it's gonna take place. You're right. Like right after the old series ended, it's going to continue from there. So I was going to try to watch the old ones, and I couldn't get past how ridiculous Mechanic was. Uh, so, <laughs> so Art, can you draw? Like, say I wanted you to draw Mechanic, uh, you know, having intercourse
0: with uh, Trap Jaw. Could you how do, do we that? Like, always get to such inappropriate <laughs> what, territory. So, so how, like, what, like what would they be doing? Well no, I mean your, your no, choice. No, <laughs> Alright,
3: Tiffany <laughs> stop. <laughs> think about it. Think so about so it.
0: Cause, you know, trap right like now. like like trap jaw has like this <laughs> bottom, this metal bottom jaw, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and then neck,
1: me- neck has a telescopic neck. <laughs> right. That shoves his head three feet Nerd.
2: in the air. There's all
3: kinds of great sexual things they could do. Yeah, this we're be not like...
2: gonna break it down. All right.
1: down and Trapjaw has all those attachments on his arm, so that can he can attach whatever you need. Yeah, you right. right.
0: see? Yeah.
2: Something is wrong with you guys. Tri- Iron Man. <laughs> we're here for Iron Man, guys. Uh, Tri- Iron, yeah, Man, Iron two. Man
3: two. Back to Iron Man two. Okay, mm-hmm. that took a turn. Okay. Uh so this was in twenty ten, <laughs> nice. uh which seems like forever ago
0: now, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, well. March feels like forever ago. How would you I, say I, I, I was looking at the date that it was produced, like it was 2010. I'm like, man, that was 10 years ago. Oddly enough, I, re- I just got finished watching Sherlock Holmes' Game of Shadows, which was done the following year. And just watching RDJ, it yeah. almost felt like I was watching Tony Stark in Sherlock no. Holmes.
3: Oh, RB- not Ruth Bader Ginsburg. No, no RDDD. All right, DJ Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey, R-D-J. R-D-J. Sorry, I've, I yeah. I just pictured Ruth Bader Ginsburg. <laughs> may she live as somewhere. Iron Man. I mean, she let, that would be, be awesome.
0: That would be
2: awesome.
3: Let her live forever. Yeah, she is a superhero. Okay, so the movie opens with Tony's press conference, where he announces he's Iron Man. The end of Iron Man One, right? Left right. off there, mm-hmm. um, and. And then it keeps going, the press conference keeps going, and we cut to Moscow. It's cold and miserable. And as we hear him say, I am Iron Man, it closes on an old man watching as he's dying. And then he cut to Mickey Rourke looking slightly better than he did in The Wrestler. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but only slightly. Just, uh, only but, slightly. So that kind of got me off on this whole, I, f- I kind of forgot all about Mickey R- Rourke. And so I got in this whole, like side tangent of just looking up Mickey Rourke and I was like what was the thing about him again you know cause he like the whole thing was that and I looked up real quick so he was a good looking like heartthrob actor around the time Robert Downey Jr. was and then he like went into boxing and fucked up his face really bad and then got back into acting after he was, had brain damage and his face was all jacked right so that's the whole thing about Mickey Rourke
1: uh, and I think there was also uh, a, a drug issue.
3: There was some drug addiction, too, yeah. So,
1: yeah, like he had, a, it was a comeback story for him, if I remember.
3: The, like, uh, Iron Man 2 was? I don't I know. Thought the Wrestler? Two, but... But the Wrestler, right? The Wrestler was like his big comeback, wasn't it? Was he before, had just
2: or? come back, I think, yeah, Wrestler was a couple years, like maybe two years before, or a year or two before.
1: It was like 2007. Two years maybe? before. 2008 yeah. 2008, 2008, yeah. Yeah.
2: So this was like the Wrestler brought him back. Yeah ish and then I mean, having he, iron man
1: he had done a lot of uh, crap movies in the interim like a, yeah. a lot of b movies and stuff
2: but this was so, his mainstream comeback
1: so one of the things about mickey rourke in this movie uh is that he went i think full method actor for this i think he was fully going into like this is going to be a serious great movie like because at this point there was iron man which had just become a phenomenon and The Incredible Hulk, which had not quite done that. So this is the third movie in the MCU, and so I think it was supposed to take the phenomenon to a next level, and he went full into it. yeah. And uh, I think uh, they wound up cutting a lot of his weird method work that he kind of insisted on, and yeah. he was Ooh. all pissed about it, and he thinks uh, it's all trash. He, he hates this movie.
3: Yeah, I read that he, really? got he got mad about them cutting so much of it. And he had all this extra character development that he had done for this villain. And I thought, oh, how ridiculous. Is and you can see some of it in, I read that before I watched it, you could see some of that in what he does. But I don't think he did it just for Iron Man 2. Like, I've read that that's how he is all the time. Uh, and I actually got, side note, I got, uh, I got the opportunity to talk to some of the producers of the movie Ashby that he was in in Charlotte. Um, they filmed it, they filmed us a, a scene in the Belk theater that we uh, that we're all familiar with in our theater's bathroom and the, on the orchestra level, in the men's bathroom, they did a whole day oh. filming. and somehow it became my I w- my job to like let the people in and check with them and make sure everybody's good. And they, they had this whole area set up in the orchestra lobby that was like had to be curtained off. And they're oh, we have to have these curtains. and all We need eight chairs. And they have to look at all completely different, different sizes, different shapes, because we don't know what Mickey's going to want to sit in, and you never know. And he's angry if you don't have the right chair, all this other stuff. We have to have a boom box, but it can't be bigger than this. It's got to be this size, and, and we have to have several different types of music for him to listen to to get into character. And so he does this scene in the bathroom, but he needs his time Whenever he calls for it, we just let him go into his room and he can do whatever he wants until he's ready. Um but it was like typical crazy actor stuff. So Yeah. Listen.
1: I uh, I've, uh volunteer at the Sundance Film Festival for uh periodically. Yeah. And he was uh basically my job is like doing general theater lobby work. So and that's where the big stars come and see their movies, like completed for the first time. Right. And I've seen him. I've briefly met him, and he was wearing a giant, floofy flirt fur coat. I mean, it's cold. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and I think he had his hair in the little top knot thing, <laughs> and he had a little tiny yip dog that he was carrying around everywhere, like like a purse dog.
3: Well, and that, yes. that's what I felt like this character had a little too much of that, like.
1: I want my bird. Yeah, you I want to be my, my bird. bird. Yeah. And then that right. goes nowhere.
3: That and the and the man bun that he, and we'll get into that. So uh, but that that was kind of my problem with him. But I, I did like I liked his I liked him being in it, I guess.
2: I liked him as the villain. Like I think yeah. he did a really good job. I mean no one you know, it's almost like what Jared Leto um, when he went method and made his entire cast very angry with him. Method can go wrong. I think there needs to be a book called When Method Goes Wrong. Yeah. Uh, there's some <laughs> good strategies for method acting. I'm not a method actor. Um, but it can go real wrong real quick depending on what role you have. But I really enjoyed him as the villain. I felt good about it. Um, I don't yeah, think I villains...
1: mean, what's there is, is great. You know, yeah. and it kind of makes sense. He's kind of a whiplash, I think... Uh, yeah, spoiler alert, his
3: it's, character's name is Whiplash.
1: Yeah, although I don't know if they ever say that in the the film. No, oh, I don't think uh, they do. There was, uh, but it's either, there's a couple different characters in the comics. Uh, I think there's a Whiplash and uh, there's this guy who was an Iron Man villain that worked for Justin Hammer named mm-hmm. Blacklash. Who just looks completely like a swashbuckly pirate guy with a big, weird, green, poofy plume out of his hair and a big old <laughs> cape with. Uh,
3: oh, so he uh, might not be Whiplash? He might be this guy?
1: Uh, no, he's not, because Blacklash. Oh. Uh, Blacklash uh, Black is an Iron Man villain. I don't know necessarily. I think Whiplash was kind of based off of that concept, but kind of created as a sort of offshoot for. Uh, to sort of harken back to that Iron Man villain without actually being a ridiculous guy in a big old cape and a big uh, green plume coming out of his masked face. <laughs> Blacklash is a guy named Marco Scarlatti. I think he's a big uh, fancy pants guy. So uh, this
2: was like a, taking some characteristics and putting it into
1: yeah, okay. kind Flash. of uh, because there wasn't a lot of like diehard. Uh, Blacklash fans. <laughs> I think you're not going to get a lot of complaint by.
3: Uh, oh, what was that?
1: Changing him into that.
2: That was some typing. It was some researching.
3: oh was somebody typing. Is that you typing, Andy?
1: Oh, it might have been. I'm so, sorry.
3: Yeah, when you're typing, it like, picks up on your microphone.
1: <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah, I was just looking up, bring up the Whiplash Wikipedia page so I can get a little. Uh, <laughs> So, I, all right, I guess the Black Lash guy also went by Whiplash sometimes. Uh, but there's been a couple different ones. Uh, well, I'll try not to type too loudly. Well, that that future.
3: that, so that begs a lot of the questions. So was is the character Whiplash named what he was named in this? Is he a Russian guy? Is it the backstory, the dad and all that? that no, was dying? I think they
1: intru- they introduced this version of Whiplash into the comics. Uh, in january of twenty ten which is before this movie came out, so I think they were anticipating what <clears throat> he was going to be in the movie, okay, and decided to make that version of the character in the comics oh cool. uh, I see
3: okay. now did how did that how does that go over in nerd world like do they get are they like, oh, this is just you know pandering to movies or are people like, okay, we're good with this
0: i think if if you're someone who likes who who likes uh deep dives into like um, Superstar's Rogues Gallery, maybe you'd be like, I don't know why they're putting this guy with this guy. That's not accurate. But because I guess they're trying to also appeal to people who don't read comics. Yeah. It's Like, I mean, even as a nerd who, who, who may know right from wrong, I don't think you really be like, man, this dude sucks. He made Whiplash, so whatever. But like, to admit that you like a character like that, there's so many better <laughs> villains you can think about other than, like, you know, Whiplash. They made him big for this movie, but then it's also just, like, if you're reading the comic book and you see that Iron Man's fighting Whiplash, you're like, oh, this is, like, it's not even a full story arc. Like, Whiplash will probably be, like, you know, the guy that gets caught at the end and, you know, mm-hmm. they're going after the main villain now kind of thing.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I don't think, like I said, there's not a lot of diehard Whiplash fans yes. that are going to be uh, upset by changes. I mean, he was—he's generally like a flunky, like a guy Justin Hammer hires that for Iron Man to beat up and look cool in the comics. Uh, so he, it, there's not a lot of uh, uh, passionate Whiplash fans. So I think this was a way to kind of take that concept—a guy with these cool. Electrical whips with a lot of cool powers and stuff, and sort of give it a spin that makes it a little cooler uh, in this day and age. Yeah, I got. Although,
3: yeah, I got to say, from based on what I've seen Whiplash in the comics, it kind of doesn't look like a realistic thing you could ever see. You couldn't make that cool, but what they did in this movie, I think they they made it as cool as you possibly could. It w- it was mm-hmm. pretty cool. I thought. I mean, <laughs> I don't know.
2: No, it was done well. I'm just laughing because you said. <laughs> it wasn't realistic in the comics as if the comics exist in a realist world
0: <laughs> well, well, that's cut, but it's real. well that's what I that's
3: what I think is like the big cool thing about these movies it, it takes these, these ridiculous scenarios in comics and tries to fit it in kind of in reality and so what it would look yeah. like if this was real life so kind of I guess taking something off the page into real life there's got to be changes and things that are different but uh, that's what I I think that's what I like most about these is like seeing how they make, I don't know when they started doing Batman back in the day, it was like, that was the first kind of ones that I was aware of where I was like, wow, they really made it like in today's modern world. And like, this is what Batman right. would be like if it was real instead of the Zowie pop bow, whatever thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think, I think that's what I, I think that's what I dig most. Cause it like makes it seem like it could maybe be possible, you know? And, and right, you, can, you know, when of those big explosion scenes and out of New York City and stuff—you could see that happening, kind of a little bit. Yeah, right. way,
1: superheroes uh, are
2: th- all around
3: us. Yep.
2: Yeah,
1: I, I think a big part of it, uh, especially uh, at this point, uh, Iron Man, like what the MCU has gotten really right, which I think gives them a lot of leeway to ch- make changes, is that they they know what the appeal of the guy is they know they understand right. the characters they're like a lot of them have actually read comics a lot of the comic book movies in the prior to this were made by people who were weren't really super into it uh, or producers are constantly making these notes of uh, you have to change this to be more appealing and all this like all this comic book crap take it out make him look cooler or whatever it is yeah. but this is Marvel Studios controlling their own properties so they get their own characters mm-hmm. and they're allowed to actually be who they're supposed to be or at least boil them down to the gist of what they're, what they're supposed to be and in some cases make changes that improve the characters like we said in the last one Robert Downey Jr. kind of needed to uh, be Iron Man to make Iron Man a more viable character than he was I mean, he was around for decades. He was, he was a uh, Marvel mainstay, but he wasn't really super popular until right. Robert Downey Jr. kind of gave him a, a more fleshed-out personality, gave rather than just swag, uh, dashing, handsome industrial tycoon. Yeah,
3: you give him that because people uh-huh. already like Robert Downey Jr. So yeah, I think I really think, I th- yeah, it's, it's it's still amazing to me what Marvel Studios has been able to do, and. And to me, that's a really cool thing that they've done. Like, they've the whole reason we're doing this whole thing is they've brought in people who aren't super nerds like me, and I get a lot of entertainment out of it. But, um, and yeah. Then, and then you guys are appeased too, kind of. Um, mm-hmm.
2: Kind yeah, of. I'm still side
3: eyeing. Still side eyeing. <laughs> <Still laughs> yeah.
2: Well, Marvel Studios has some allegations against them, and I'm just side eyeing right now oh. and watching their behavior at their executive level. That's
3: oh, really? I'll
2: say yes. I don't know that but, I've heard any of this. Uh, Am I? it says it... top, top, talk.
3: Uh oh. Like sexual allegations?
2: No. Racial allegations. Racial
3: allegations is one of the two. But, it's always one of those two. Not,
2: yeah. It's I, I wouldn't be surprised. It's usually but it's, both. It's, it's very high up. So yeah. like I don't hold against the actors on the films or the directors on the film. But I, I'm I'm looking to see what happens. In their executive branch. But I do, yes, give them props for taking something and not just selling it off for someone else to do. Really taking a look at what they have and investing basically in themselves. They bet on themselves um, Mm -hmm. by creating a studio that was going to shoot movies based on their own stuff. Like, no no one really does that much. Like, I'm going to make my own thing. And really hits it out of the park with this Mm -hmm. much success. So... They've
1: done some things really well. So It's not like they didn't try to sell them off. I think they were trying to... Uh, when Marvel went bankrupt in the 90s, I think they were trying to sell all their characters to anyone who was interested just to get some money. So I think they tried, but then I think... Right. Uh, like at that point, the Avengers were not... I mean, they were the, the Justice League of Marvel, but they weren't the cool ones. The X-Men right, were the right. cool ones. So no one really latched on to the Avengers until they said, all right, we're going to make the Avengers, the cool ones now.
2: And they, I mean, there are some, you know, they don't own the initial rights, right to Hulk and they don't own, well, don't they own, they don't own somebody uh,
1: else. Uh, Spider-Man, uh, yeah. Sony's got Spider-Man and his whole, uh, chunk of characters, yeah. but they're fantastic. Four too, right? Uh, Fantastic yeah. Four is back with them. Oh, the Fan- uh, since Disney bought Fox, right, uh, right? Their whole problem with the X Men and the Fantastic Four—they've got them all back now. I think the only other one that's out there and is weird is uh, Namor the Submariner, and because uh, he was with Universal for a while or something too. That's all right. So okay. Weird.
3: Okay. You've lost me. Okay. I know who that is vaguely, but I, I'm like my head is swimming with all this. Also, we'll bring so it back bring it back Disney, to the movie. Disney Disney owns Marvel right do they Disney own owns Marvel. they own Marvel yeah. Studios then uh yes and Marvel was like swim like I do remember this like Marvel was like like in the 90s was like falling apart and going away like yeah what how did they get back to Iron can you like make it quick like how do they like quick in a nutshell how do they how do they rebound and get back into where, where we're at now with MCU and everything how did that
1: happen it Disney bought Marvel. Oh, they, bought, him they, they, were, they bought them when they were.
3: They bought when they were drowning and floundering.
1: Yeah, yeah. After they'd already sold off the Fantastic Four and the X Men films rights. Yeah. To to Fox and the Hulk to Universal and I think uh, uh, name more the Submariner. I see. I just like that saying.
3: makes sense. So they were selling everything off. Disney bought them before they could sell off anything more. Kind That's why all the other ones are in different places. Yeah, it, it,
1: and what they're trying to get them all back under one roof, and uh, they did that just by buying Fox, but. They haven't like bought Sony to get Spider Man back, and they're, they're so they're making deals. Uh, I think Iron Man was actually under contract by Paramount for a while because that's why the Paramount logos at the beginning of uh, mm. these first couple. Oh, logos. true.
3: <laughs> so confusing. So, so many think. people involved and things. And Disney, it, it sucks. I hate. I hate to give Disney anything more, but then they make but such then, entertaining things. They just did.
2: Here's the thing. What they do while they are a big giant entity and i mean i love disney i love the magic of disney let's say that um what they do well when they acquire something is they still those teams still work on that thing do you know what i mean yeah yeah pixar is still pixar even if they're under the disney umbrella okay marvel is still marvel even though they're under the Disney. like they don't come in and wipe the slate and like micromanage the heck out of all, I mean, they're going to get their money. They're going to make yeah. sure it's shot well. They're going to make sure they've invested in it well, and they're going to make sure they release the heck out of it. But they do let the the smaller people, and I say smaller as a relative term because Pixar ain't small. Marvel ain't small. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> they let them still have some creative control over what they're doing. I mean, Disney has the final say and the push, but the teams at a Pixar and the teams... Mm-hmm. At a Marvel are still Marvel-heavy teams and Pixar-heavy teams. They just have been taken in by Disney. They've been adopted and held and cared for.
1: Yeah, and, and there's, like, a... Marvel has their own... Their company. Like, they would appoint someone who was actually a writer and creator of comics as, like, mm-hmm. the head of, say, television initiatives or, like, uh, there's a guy named uh, Jeff Loeb who helped create Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and a couple of the other... Shows they did, uh, uh, the Marvel, the chief creative officer they call it, uh, the the guy, blanking on his name. Um, Who cares? Yeah, the point. <laughs> but but he was a very uh, 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 Joe Quesada. He was a uh, he was a big point, uh, a big part of revitalizing Marvel in the late '90s of the comics in the early in the 2000s with a line called Marvel Knights, which is kind of like bring these superstar creators in, have them. Sort of rework these characters that have been kind of underserved: uh, Daredevil, Black Panther, and a few other people. Moon Knight and Moon Knight, and Moon Knight yeah, I think he was yeah. on there. And that kind of put a whole new uh, energy into the comics. So they eventually bumped him up uh, into the like to sort of. All right, you steer the ship, and because he, he proved
3: because he proved his worth by by revitalizing those underused characters, and and, mm. and so that guy's a huge nerd, right? Like he's a nerd that understands yeah. nerds. Yeah. And so you hire, put a nerd in charge, and boom, you're all set. Can I say that? Is that can I? does that the gist of it?
1: Yeah, nerd run things. Okay,
3: good.
0: Yeah, so, nerd roll. So we get <laughs> nerd. We could have summed nerds all that role up role and, and just. School.
3: They hired a bunch of nerds to fix it. Uh, okay, back to the movie. So the old man tells Mickey Rourke, as he's dying and watching Iron Man be Iron Man, that that should be him. Uh, it uh-huh. should be Mickey Rourke and not Iron Man, and says. Uh, all I can give him is knowledge. Then he dies and Mickey Rourke starts crying dirt tears because uh, he's covered in dirt. And then uh, <laughs> and then screaming in rage. That typical Rah! kind of thing. Uh, I just can't help wonder how many takes that was of him's uh, angry scream. And then cut to cut to him looking at blueprints and an opening montage of him welding shit like a badass is what I wrote. Um Uh, and then we got flashes of Robert Downey Jr. articles where he looks like the guy from Weird Science, and uh, Rourke feeding his bird some blue liquid. Then you see him smile as he recreates Iron Man's heart light thing. Uh, I don't know what that's called, but it's not to be confused with E.T.'s heart light. Uh, Turn on your heart light. Remember that?
0: His arc reactor.
3: Oh, arc reactor. Is that what it's called?
0: Yeah. No, we're
2: close to E.T.'s heart
3: light. But shout out to neil diamond right that heartlight song is the best song probably ever and it we kind of ushered, it ushered in a new era of hip-hop like wu-tang clan was inspired by okay. neil diamond did
2: did they tell you that personally <laughs> did you have lunch with wu-tang <laughs> and they were don like Cheadle, yup. don
3: Cheeto told me that uh no, oh
2: okay. your best friend don Cheeto. yeah he is my my best friend. where she <laughs> was okay cut. yeah six degrees
3: and well, we're going to talk about Don Cheadle too because I made some notes about Don Cheadle. You're gonna you're gonna like the way I've come around on Don Cheadle, and Tiffany. But that's just a preview. Oh, good. Uh, cut to Iron Man. Have, What's that?
0: I was going to say I have some some little issues with certain things that happen in the movie, certain around in Don Cheadle. But go on.
3: Okay, we'll get to Don Cheadle in a minute. And you don't, can voice don't all your stop opinions. Running,
0: I'm not war with me over Don not, Cheadle. It's, I'm it's, warning you right now. It's not a war. It's just some things. I, I mean, it's just a movie it. thing. just movie aesthetic thing. Okay, we'll okay. talk, we'll, we'll talk yeah.
3: about that when we get to Don Cheeto. Listen, one. I'm ready
0: so, to fight over Don Cheadle.
2: <laughs> Go ahead, John. I think I'm on your mm-hmm. side,
3: Tiffany. I fell in love with Don Cheeto in this movie. All right, cut, Good. cut to Iron Man with ACDC playing, and he takes off flying out of a plane and flies into a huge stage show at the Stark Expo in Flushing, New York. Ladies dancing everywhere, American flags, etc. And we see Tony in a pinstripe suit. Uh... Taking credit for all the peace in the world, basically goading. Like, this is the scene where he's goading villains into trying something. He's obviously foreshadowing the evil villain Avenger caper that's about to happen. He's like, I've made everything safe. I've caused world peace. Obviously, that means something's about to happen. Uh, yeah,
1: so he's uh, still dealing with his. Like, he's changed. Like, if you remember in the first one, he was so egomaniacal that he didn't care about the collateral damage of his weapons. He's right. come around on that. But he's still super egomaniacal. Oh yeah, yes. oh, yeah.
0: still I, I, that guy. I just, I just recently watched um, Civil War, mm-hmm. and just watching him in that, like him versus Cap and that, like it's one of those things. Like, like Tony Stark, even even when he be, like he's the good guy, he still has those underlying asshole tendencies on him. Yeah. It's just
2: a part of who he is. That's his yeah, personality. Yeah. And I think they do a good job of staying true to his personality, because like you said, even when he is doing good, he's still a bit of... He's just an ass. He'll always be yeah. a bit of an ass. he will never escape him being a bit of an ass. But, turns out he's an ass with a little bit of heart. But he's still an ass at the end of the day. Yeah,
3: <laughs> That's how, I like that. Yeah, and they, you know, again, like... As I watch movies, you know, as things have changed, and we've talked about in the first one, like the misogyny in there with how he treats women and like all the ladies in the Iron Man bikinis or whatever, you know, my gut is to be like, oh, this isn't, this is misogynistic. But then it's like, you guys pointed out to me last time, like, that's, that's paint, that's painting Tony Stark. Like, that's who he is. Like, he's that kind of guy. And so it kind of gives you that skeevy, kind of flashy, whatever, asshole-ish thing like we're talking about. But I have some questions that I wrote down. At this part. So, is the Stark Expo, is that like Comic-Con? Is that like a, like who attends the Stark Expo? Is it just tech nerds or would comic book geeks love it if it was a real thing? Would it be filled with cosplayers or or would it be the people who were there, you know? Would you I guys go if Stark, it was real?
0: To me, the Stark Expo would be, I guess, almost like a CES but with weapons. Like the consumer electronics show. That kind of—I don't necessarily think would be like for nerds. I mean, it'd be for like tech gurus and those types of nerds.
1: I think it's like more like uh, like the World's Fair, like the World's Fair of back in the like just uh, see the amazing things of the future. But although that's more of a like you'll you'll see that in uh, Captain America, they'd have a World's Fair kind of thing. Oh, because that was the the first Stark Expo, yeah, yeah, right? Howard Stark.
2: See, I see it very much what it is now like art said it's like that big because it's in vegas now don't they do the consumer thing in vegas where you go and you test the new robot and you test the new so i think it's like that and you're gonna get a little bit of nerds in there because it is tony stark aka iron man so you're gonna have some fans in the building but the main audience of the stark expo seems like it's people who need to know about this technology who probably have the money to utilize this technology like uh,
0: business people yeah, but also yeah. probably some military mercenary yeah. type. Yeah, too. military. Yeah, oh, right, yeah, Yeah. See how uh-huh. we can weaponize this. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Private contractors.
0: Private right. Contractors. Private contractors. Well, yes, that's the right okay. word. Private contractors. So, yeah, that's like hydra, so to speak. <laughs> no.
3: <laughs> that's what I was kind of wondering as it came out, and I was like watching the crowd, and I was like, "Well, this is clearly just extras that they hired because they're attractive, generally, or you know who is in the crowd." So I was like, well, shouldn't there be cosplayers? Like somebody dresses Howard the Duck or whatever, and I don't know. But uh, <laughs> no, so you, didn't, no. <laughs> you
1: did have the the cheerleaders there dressed in the Iron Man yeah, outfits. Yeah, and the, sort of a nod and cosplay. the
3: little kid dressed as Iron Man.
1: Um, yeah,
3: Who I have a note about that later, but okay, back to the Stark Expo. Howard Stark. St- Howard oh. Stark is talking about the city of the future. While Tony is concerned about the numbers on his fancy device that says his blood toxicity is 19%. And that's the first, I think that's the first glimpse we see that he's actually in danger, like health-wise, right? Right. Isn't that the first time we see this? I mean, I guess in the first movie we know what happened. but uh, And so, okay, now at this point we see the Stark Expo crowd shots, and my answer is No. According to this, it's not a Comic-Con thing. It seems more like a red carpet type event with good-looking people everywhere. No offense, nerds. Beautiful women clamoring hey. for Tony. Wait, wait, wait. wait. So you're ch- saying
0: hey. marriage can't be good-looking? Children hey.
3: wanting autographs. No, now they can, I guess. You're right, yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, Andy, I mean, I think Andy or somebody showed me pictures at some of these Comic-Con, these, like, people dressed up, like, that go full-on out. Like, they look like they could be models, and, and I was yeah. like, are they hiring these people?
1: They, they are no. models
2: you just some are, are but you there are plenty of people who are very into things that would surprise you.
3: Well, just like want- this. You guys both Arthur and Tiffany surprised me. I didn't peg either one of you for being huge nerds.
0: <laughs> but- so are you saying we're both Are you saying we're good looking?
3: Yeah. You guys are too good looking I mean, to be nerds. I I- am- <laughs> you guys both have some style. I mean Art, I never see you outside of a uniform usually. So he's so always in uniform. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I mean, you guys don't come off as nerds. Where Andy, nerds, right. Andy comes off a as a huge man. nerd. <laughs> Andy's uh, Arvid I wouldn't have, I wouldn't
0: have known Andy was a nerd unless, and, and until you told me Andy was a nerd. I wouldn't. Okay. I would be like, Andy's not a nerd. I would have known. I wouldn't have thought it. I wouldn't
2: known. have thought it. I would have put well, my, if you would have been like, Andy's really into this, I'd have been like, this.
0: makes sense
1: Yeah, I, 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 there have been times where I've gone to comic con and just looked around and realized that alright black t-shirt cargo shorts pudgy doughy white guy with a goatee and glasses That's I am a, everybody I, everybody <laughs> is me are you, you're are all you, the same person these are, are, your you, equating your, are
0: yeah. you equating yourself to comic book guy
1: Uh, I'm not that far but, uh, but but that's that's a worst constant nerd battle. Worst, worst explanation ever. <laughs> yeah. That that's a constant battle with a lot of nerds is to how how far do you go into comic book guy? Right, or right. If Before you, you can bring yourself far. back from the edge, they can right. get real worked up about. I can't believe they changed blacklash into whiplash, or. Right. Can you dial it back and sort of unclench? See, that's what we need yeah, to unclenched. get. Unclench. There you go. Unclench. Please. Unclench
3: is perfect. We need to get the rights to some comic book guy quotes to put in the pre in the intro to this because that you know he's always complaining about whatever and that's
1: that's hilarious. Um, there's the uh, there's the famous bit where he's uh, uh, walking down the street uh, complaining about Aquaman. <laughs> uh like, oh, Aquaman, you can never love a human. They don't have gills or something like that. And then he looks up and sees a nuclear bomb going off, and he goes, oh, I've wasted my life. <laughs> yeah, and <then> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's one of my favorite yes. I've wasted my life. Uh, yeah, I,
3: uh, anyway, that's a funny bit that we should get into more. But, but
1: we are totally not wasting our lives doing the nerd school
3: podcast. No, but we're making no. something out of it. Yeah, right? We we're drinking are...
1: Beer
2: teaching joe he is learning he's gonna grow mm-hmm. from this when mm-hmm. we have a conversation with him he won't look at us weird because we went into something that he wasn't aware of we're yeah, helping I. we're helping the world at large by education. he's people. going to
3: evolve that's Joe. Yes. yep we're
2: evolving and, joe
3: and i'm gonna buy more underoos every time i actually own he-man underoos now because i probably <laughs> have to,
2: I, I own uh Batman
1: Underoos. I own okay. Star Wars Underoos. I was able to uh, uh, get Groot Underoos for my wife. What? Nice. She, she that exists? Yeah. Thank
3: goodness for Underoos. And, uh, this episode of Nerd School Podcast may someday be sponsored by Underoos. I know. <laughs> hey,
2: Underoos, if you hear us out there.
3: God, I used to love Underoos as a kid. Okay, quick. Who? What was your favorite Underoos when you were a kid?
1: Spider-Man. Uh,
3: what did you say, Art? Spider-Man. Spider-Man? Yeah, his was yeah, cool. I
1: I think I wore the Spider-Man a lot. I like this Shazam.
3: Shazam was good.
1: I, I remember being very angry about the Hulk.
3: Yeah, the Hulk was a Be- bullshit
2: underwear. I think you talked about it cuz it wasn't it
1: wasn't as fun It yeah. didn't look as it, great. It was a white shirt with a picture of the Hulk like a yeah. like a uh, Izod shirt. I'm still like mad that. about.
3: I'm mad about that.
1: Why wasn't it a green shirt with kick-ass muscles?
3: Yeah, that's what it should have been. And nowadays, they I think
1: disappointed it is. you. I think we're out of time. Let's
3: leave it there, and we'll come back and continue Iron Man Two next episode.
1: The surprise! There it's <laughs> roll. <laughs> oh, my
3: glasses hey. are broken.
0: The surprise! Yeah. Me pocket is protected
1: <laughs> <the time>. <laughs> I <laughs> am a super nerd <laughs> <laughs> hey. Excelsior.
2: Excelsior. 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 Excelsior.
1: I am a super nerd the nerd school podcast